Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 97. This interview is with John Matterly, founder and CEO of Shodan, one of the top 10 laureates at NetExpo 2014. Shodan is a search engine for the Internet of Things. John is at the cutting edge of online security and privacy issues as it concerns the connectivity of all our surrounding objects that are more and more connectable to the Internet and therefore findable from afar. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. So here we are, live from NetExplo 2014, uh, where there's a whole lot of... Uh, discoveries of new technologies that are out there. One of the top ten winners uh, was a, a, an initiative called Shodan, and I have with me the founder of Shodan. So tell us who you are and what you do, John. Hi, my intern. Well, my name is John Matherly, and I am the founder and main developer of a project called Shodan. And uh, I got an award here at NetExplo because it's the world's first search engine for the Internet of Things. All right, so the Internet of Things for everybody. What's your definition of the Internet of Things? So when most people think about the Internet, they think about you know, Twitter, Facebook, Google. They think basically about the World Wide Web. But the World Wide Web is actually a small slice of the Internet. It's not the whole picture. And what's happened over the past 10 years is that people have slowly started to hook up these analog and you know, old traditional devices, like you know, even factories, buildings, you know, refrigerators, microwaves, light bulbs, all these things are starting to have, even cars, yes, smart cars like Tesla, all these things, they have advanced computers in them. They have Wi-Fi chips in them. They can talk. They can talk over the Internet. And if they can talk over the Internet, you know, very often you can talk back to them. And that's what Shodan picks up on. So Shodan is a search engine that is able to talk to these devices, these new sorts of things that have small computers inside them. So if we, if we all know about the Googles of the world that keep on you know, finding documents and sourcing them and checking them out, to what extent and how are you compiling these data? Is there an opt-in component to it? How do you find them and how do you reference them? The approach that Shuen takes is actually a very brute force. You know, Google has a very advanced and sophisticated and inquisitive algorithm to rank their sources. What Shuen does is it literally goes through every single IP on the Internet. So, you know, there are potential three and a half, four billion IP addresses that are possible in IPv4 on the Internet. And Shodan checks every single one of them and whether it's online or not. So it just literally goes one, two, three, four, five through every single potential address and checks whether there is a device available at that location. When you say online, that means it's live. So the option is it's either not online or it's offline. And when it's offline, does it mean it's just because it, no one's turned on the, the, the address? What, what, are you, what exactly are you looking for when you say online? So that's a good, important point because people often ask me, is my laptop on Shodan? Is my home computer on Shodan? And my answer is most likely not. Most likely for Shodan, you are considered to be offline. Because what Shodan requires and determines is online is if I try to talk to you, you will talk back. A pingback. Exactly. It's a pingback. You know, I, I send, hey, are you there? And you need to tell me, yes, I'm here. Most 
home users, they have a router, they have a firewall between them and the modem. So they have a local network, and then they have you know, the outside network. All right. So we, when you say most uh, are not available because they're considered offline, are we talking because that's IPv4 uh, as opposed to IPv6? Is that why it's most today are offline? Yes. So that will probably change because with IPv6, you don't have the same sort of differentiation between local and wide area or the Internet. So there are certain security things that will be very, very different. Nowadays, you have a lot of security because you're required to have a local network. You're required to have you know, your local address, the 192.168 address. That won't be necessary in IPv6. Everybody will have a globally unique address. It won't be locally unique. It will be globally unique which is very practical for some ways, but for security purposes, it means you will not be able to hide behind the local obscurity. Right, so concretely, if I'm a hacker based in Russia, for example, you can see so many of them that come from there, can, does that mean they're going to be less easy for them to, uh, you know, I mean, I, even on a small level, they, I have all these um, people posting comments on my blog and, and they keep on masking or using different IPs every time. Is that going to expose those kinds of people too? So if they use proxies, which is probably what you're referring to with the comments and everything, you can still do that in IPv6. All, all those same methods will still be exactly the same. If you're tech-savvy enough to use a proxy, to use a VPN, all those things, you will not be affected in the least way. The people that will be affected are the people who don't know even what a proxy is, the people who have no idea about technology. They just plug it in. And that's all they know. You know, you plug it in, you put it in CD-ROM, you install it, and that's it. All right. So with the with the uh, with Shodan, you're you are finding searching all these devices that are connected. Are companies? Ha, what's your business model first, and then second of all, are companies that are creating connected objects? You know, wh- how do they respond to you? So the first question is, how should I make money? It's a very important question, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to make a living with it. So I have a website, and it generates some income, but the majority of my revenue actually is from selling the actual database. I license the entire database that I generate each month. Like every month, I crawl the entire Internet, and I make that data available to companies. I make it to universities, you know, vendors, ISPs, all these different companies that have an interest in knowing what is on, on their network or knowing who is using their products, they can purchase the Shodan database to gain that information. And the second part about, um, what was it? Um, well, I was talking about how companies who have connected objects are happy to, to be referenced in your show. Yeah, how, how do they feel about knowing that their product might be used? So as you can imagine, the response is very mixed, very, very mixed. So... When I first started, a lot of companies were apprehensive. The reaction was to shoot the messenger, essentially, saying, oh, why are you even looking for these things? You know, why is this interesting to you? What are you doing? Are you trying to take over the internet? What's going on? But it's changed. It's changed because they realize that you can't be protected by obscurity. You know, other people will find them on the internet. So you can't pretend to be secure by just closing your eyes and you know, ears and pretending the problem doesn't exist. And there have been some high-profile incidents, like Siemens. You know, they got compromised on a major, major scale, and people found real problems in their devices, and they had a huge PR lashback. I mean, it was terrible. They got a lot of bad press. So those companies are starting to realize, maybe we should be more proactive. Maybe instead of shooting Messenger, we should use that data 
to contact the owners of the devices because very often they have good relationships directly with the people who deploy the devices. So if the vendors and manufacturers are on board, they can help a lot in fixing the problems. So we've seen a shift in mentality over the years. Do you find that you are having to evangelize about this topic a lot? I mean, you're doing a lot of education in helping them to get rid of the fear factor. Absolutely. One of the biggest aspects of Shodan is actually raising awareness for the problem and then trying to explain these really technical subjects in a way that non-engineers can relate to it. You know, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in all the technical aspects of things and all these terms, like even the term IP address. Mm-hmm. You cannot use that with non-technical people. They're just it's a little bit abstract for us. Exactly. You don't really understand what it means, how does it relate to your everyday life. It doesn't really mean much to you. But if, when you talk about, well, you can look at other people's baby cameras or you know, all these things that actually affect the real lives. Or when you talk about, oh, you have a new home, does it come with a home automation system? You know, do you want to have your sprinkler system online? For example, I have done other interviews where I was able to find home automation systems with the sprinkler systems. And they actually, the journalists then, called up the homeowner and were like, can you check? We're turning off your lighting in the kitchen right now. And the homeowner was like, holy crap. Right. I can't believe you just turn off my lights. Well, in, in, in that particular case, how do they stop that? So if I, listen, if, if, if someone's able to turn off my lights, I'm going to say that's probably not a good thing. So if I'm the homeowner, then where do I go to change things? So the first stop should probably be the people you buy the product from. They have to provide better documentation because you're not going to go to a security consultant or anybody like that to really figure it out. Do you think they even know about that, even the suppliers? Uh, no, they do not, actually. A lot of them do not know about this problem mm-hmm. because they still work in the, the Google-centric Internet where if it's not on Google, it doesn't exist. Or Nest. Yeah, exa- yeah uh, Nest-centric, I guess, now. Um, so they don't realize that anybody can talk to these devices now. It's, the technology exists to literally check every single location on the Internet and see whether it is online. So when you're talking about this data, I mean, I've looked at a few screenshots. I'm going to guess when I go on Showdown, one's not able to go and find all the data, right? No, you can't actually get all the data. That's that's paying, right? Yeah, yeah. so so the way it works is on a website. If you don't log in, you can see 10 results. If you log in, you see 50, and after that, you start paying. The idea is that you can see the total number of results, and you can get a small sample size to check and see exactly how it looks like, but... You can't get a full list of all the devices. In case you would want to do something malicious, mm-hmm. you don't have access to that. Right, very cool. When, when the data that I, I've seen l- looks fairly technical <laughs> in terms of results, uh, what are the next steps for you in terms of the development? Uh, you talk about uh, making the data available. Don't talk about IP and make it more banal in terms of understandability. What, what, what are, for you, the, where are you moving towards in terms of your development? So for the past few years, my focus has been on adding new languages to discover devices and increasing the speed at which I can look at the entire Internet. When you say languages, are we talking computer languages? We're protocols. So if, if, if this is a technical audience, we're talking about protocols. You know, HTTP, FTP were the big ones, and then I'm no, adding... No, 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 nothing. Well, actually, I am also adding those things, but that's, okay. that's, right. yeah, that's a different thing. But moving forward, a big part is... Uh, adding layers on top of the raw data. So I am very good now at providing a raw data feed. Mm-hmm. But that is hard to consume. Most people are not engineers, they're not developers. They don't want to be. They don't want to spend the time looking at that. So I am spending more of my time doing the processing so that they don't have to do it. 
So, for example, I released Shodan Maps recently, so you can visually navigate the devices like you would Google Maps. The interface is almost identical to Google Maps. It's very similar. It should be very familiar. I'm, I'm going to add more things like that, you know, image search and other things like that, so you can visually navigate a complicated data set. All right, so John Madeley, you, are, you, you, you just moved to, or you recently moved to Austin, Texas, the home of South by Southwest, where I just was. Hope you're enjoying it. Um, you, uh, so you've been, you go to lots of conferences. You're a well-known guy in this space. How do you describe coming to NetExplo at UNESCO? Well, first of all, it's a huge honor just to speak at UNESCO. And I can't believe it that a project like Shodan, you know, it usually makes headlines for being really scary, you know, most dangerous search engine, because that's kind of what grabs readers' attention. And I'm just completely flabbergasted and amazed that I've been invited to speak at UNESCO. I think it's a great honor. In terms of the audience, it's very different than what I'm used to. The usual conferences I go to are very security-oriented or engineers. These are people who know the details of how the Internet works. Mm -hmm. And this audience is very different. It's very high-level. It's very non-technical. These are people who are largely focused on consumer-level technologies. Most, actually, I think all other winners in that expo are consumer-oriented technologies. They're about you know, iPhone applications. They're found about things that the average user would use every day, things for the average user. Whereas Shodan is not really there at the moment. It will be in the future because Shodan is essentially a reflection of the Internet. And as the Internet changes, so will Shodan. Currently, the Internet and the Internet of Things is largely comprised of businesses, business devices. And that's what my users are there for. But as consumer-level devices adopt the same things, more people will use Shodan. All right. So uh, today, what type? What are your classic clients you have, and and who do you think? Who would you like having knock on your door? Apart from sort of NSA people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so my typical customer is our manufacturers. Manufacturers, manufacturers of what, for example? Uh, manufacturers of these factories, like Daniel. Manufacturers of devices that control factories, that control buildings. These are customers that have been in the news, usually negatively, and they want to now or. They see competitors being mentioned in news negatively, and they want to get a leg up. They don't want to be the next Siemens that gets called out you know, on CNN. They don't want to be that kind of company. And the other type of business that approaches me are security companies. These are people that get paid to go to other big companies to fix their problems. So they buy the Shodan data, and they use that to help their clients improve their security. Fabulous. Well, John, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, great to have you here, Inesco. Congratulations again. Uh, how can anyone uh, track you down, so to speak, <laughs> or at least follow you in a kind way? Okay, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Killian, A-C-H-I-L-L-E-A-N, or you can email me if you want at jmath at shodan.io. Super. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you very much. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Mint Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.
Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian jiu-jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.